Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. We're taking a break from our planned schedule right now to bring you a special episode that is so timely and so pertinent. When Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th, 2022, we all watched in shock and in horror as that news unfolded right before our eyes. In the three weeks since that happened, I know that many of you have been joining me in praying desperately for the people of Ukraine. As we're watching people flee for their lives to escape the carnage of Russia's unprovoked attack, our hearts yearn to do something, really to do anything to help. And yet even in our desperation as the darkness of evil attacks, we know our God is still on his throne and he's still working and he's moving mightily in the nation of Ukraine, as well as in Europe and all around the world. Well, our interview today is an incredible example of how God prepared the way in advance for his people to have connections as well as networks already in place to respond and help our brothers and sisters, including those in healthcare in Ukraine. I spend time today talking with Dr. Peter Saunders, the Chief Executive of the International Christian Medical and Dental Associations, and also Dr. Jim Pepon. He's the President of Ukraine Medical Outreach. They joined me to talk about the situation on the ground in Europe and to share about a God-ordained opportunity for you and for me to help the people of Ukraine. And I just have one quick note before we get started. As we begin this conversation, I want our listeners to understand that because of security concerns that both Dr. Saunders and Dr. Pepon have, that they're really going to try to do their best to avoid naming names or giving too many details just to protect our Christian brothers and sisters and others who are in Ukraine and beyond uh, trying to assist in the midst of this war and invasion. So they're being intentional by not going too deep on some of these issues. Well, I am delighted with this opportunity today to have two guests with me. My first guest is Dr. Jim Pepon, who served as a pediatrician for 20 years before he became involved in medical missions, actually in the country of Ukraine. He and his wife, Mariana, began the Ukraine Medical Outreach, which we'll continue to refer to as UMO. The goal of this organization is to help train the next generation of Christian healthcare workers and provide hope to Ukrainian families and children living with HIV, AIDS, and disabilities. He serves as advisor to the International Christian Medical Association of Ukraine and ICMA of Ukraine brings a Christian perspective to the study of medical care. He leads many seminars on the role of faith in medicine, and he trains healthcare professionals on how to become an effective witness for Christ in a medical context, as well as promoting the improvement of care for children with disabilities and those with HIV. He's been married to Mariana for 40 years, and they have three children and five grandchildren. My other guest today is the chief executive officer of the International Christian Medical and Dental Association, Dr. Peter Saunders. He, like me, trained as a general surgeon a couple of decades ago in Auckland, New Zealand, before serving as a missionary doctor in Kenya. And after theological training at All Nations Christian College, he then left clinical medicine 
to serve as the head of the Christian Medical Fellowship of the UK for 27 years. His uh, tenure as uh, leader of CMF included eight years as head of student ministries and 19 years as the chief executive officer. He's also served 13 years as director of Care Not Killing Alliance in the UK, and in 2019, he became our chief executive officer of our international sister organization, ICMDA. His current work involves leadership training, teaching evangelism and ethics, medical missions, writing, editing, and media work. Peter and Kirsty, his wife, live in St. Albans, UK, and they have three sons and two grandchildren. They are members of the Spicer Street Church in St. Albans. So, gentlemen, I am so thrilled that you agreed on this short notice, even just yesterday, to come join me on CMDA Matters. So welcome, Jim. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Mike. Well, the occasion for putting this together, of course, our listeners are well aware and have been watching the news, and I'm sure following with great dismay what's happening in the nation of Ukraine. So I felt that it would be good. ICMDA, under Peter Saunders' leadership, has put together a Ukraine relief project to provide support, medical supplies and equipment, and we're going to hear about that shortly. And uh, Dr. Pipon has been in the U.S. Uh, Jim, when did you first uh, get here on your homeland assignment uh, from the Ukraine? Well, after the second revolution we, we lived through, our board recommended that we move back to the U.S. and we travel back and forth. So 2017. So since that time, you've been going back and forth to the nation of Ukraine and providing support. Correct. Jim, why don't you tell us briefly about the history of your work in ministry in Ukraine with the Ukraine Medical Outreach? Ukraine Medical Outreach was started in 2001, and originally we were part of a music uh, ministry called Music Mission Kiev. And I always used to tease the conductor that it was Medical Mission Kiev. We started, we branched off uh, from them uh, because they originally had planned to build a Christian humanitarian center, which would have a hospital, a church, and also a school. And I happened to be the chief of pediatrics and head of uh, Christian school, as well as an elder in our church. And so it seemed like that was a good fit. So the work um, before we left uh, to go to Ukraine a month before uh, 9-11, someone asked me, well, what is the Christian hospital? And I really didn't have a good answer for that. And when we got to Ukraine, I realized that they really don't need another hospital. They need maybe to update their hospitals. But what they really needed were doctors and nurses and medical staff to become Christians. And then overnight, if God would do that, all the hospitals in Ukraine would become Christian hospitals. And so then we began working in different hospitals as well as uh, working in the medical schools. And it turns out, unbeknownst to us, that there were maybe up to 10,000 medical students in Ukraine from 77 different countries. Wow. So God has allowed, through those relationships, to minister to students that have gone literally all over the world. To reach the nations. That's amazing. Right. It is. And it was not Jim's idea. It was God's idea. Because of the conferences we put on, uh, we've had speakers from all over Europe, India, and Africa to speak. And so that has been really beneficial in helping establish the supply chain in the crisis that we're facing now. Does this current crisis, the invasion by Russia, does it surprise you, Jim? Why or why not? 
you have to go back a thousand years worth of history, which you'll be happy to know I'm not going to review now. For our friends who are listening, if you're interested, Reverend Al Mohler on his daily briefing did an amazing job a couple, three weeks ago. Very quickly went through the history. It was excellent. So go ahead. The history is tortuous, but basically it mimics the fact that the Kiev Rus Empire started in Ukraine. And then after the Mongol invasion, then the dominating group were the um, uh, Russian group. And then you fast forward almost a thousand years, and it was a big effort to Russify Ukraine. And as a result, uh, there's a little bit of animosity between the people. They all have one root, but they're, they're, it's a different ethnicity, but there's a lot of intermarriage. And then the Orthodox Church, their history, you have to know how their polity plays into it. Ukraine just became its own patriarch just in the past eight years. And so that separated the two countries further. And then World War II, there was a whole history there of who sided with the, the Germans and who sided with the Russians. And it's just been a bloody mess. And the Ukrainian people, whether they're ethnic Russians or Ukrainian Russians, they just want their own country. Mm-hmm. And maybe half the Russian population really is in favor of what's going on, but they just they buy into the propaganda. And the other half are really concerned about Ukraine. So it's a challenge. Well, Dr. Saunders, we had a chance to talk a little bit yesterday about all that you are doing heading up ICMDA and our listeners. I've I've been on the board working with Peter and appreciating the networking, incredible networking and building up national movements. Over 90 national movements now, are there not, Dr. Saunders? Yeah, 84, I think, but another 30 countries with national movements that are moving towards affiliation. So yes, it's growing all the time. So could you update our listeners on the Christian Medical Association or fellowship within Ukraine and in the immediate bordering countries as they exist right now? So the Christian Medical Association of Ukraine joined ICMDA in 1994, so 28 years now of membership. It's well established. As Jim says, there's also an international Christian medical association made up of international students from all over the world. And in the surrounding countries, we have we have a CMDA in Russia, in Belarus, and of the countries on the west of Ukraine, which are, are still open into the country, we have national groups in Poland, Hungary, Romania, and Moldova. And we've got contacts with individual doctors in Slovakia. So every single country around Ukraine, we have established contacts there, which is very useful when you come to a crisis like this. And in fact, when the war started, it was what uh, a couple of weeks ago now on a Thursday, the war started on the Thursday morning, the Thursday night, we had a Russian leaders discipleship training group, in which there were three Ukrainians. And of course, we thought they wouldn't come. But they did. And one was on a mobile phone from a bomb shelter in Kharkiv and could only stay with us for a few moments. That's commitment. He he, he disappeared for a couple of days and then he next uh, cropped up. He was a Nigerian student studying there and and he'd made it to Budapest in Hungary, along with most of his colleagues as well. 
so we're in close contact now. The, the the leader of the CMA of Ukraine is just a second year resident, young guy, very committed, uh, astonishing fellow, but based in a, a city in the west of the country, and we have good contact with him daily by uh, email and and WhatsApp, and we have contacts with doctors elsewhere and particularly in Kyiv as as well as well as the many medical students who are evacuating. So both Jim and I tomorrow morning will be meeting on Zoom with a group of about 40 international medical students in Budapest who've all been refugees and escaped from Ukraine over the last few days, including a number from Sumi who've been very much in the news. And there were many more than that because most of the students who've been evacuated have already been uh, sent back by neighboring countries' governments to India or Sub-Saharan Africa, where they, they come from. So we've got close contacts and also in the surrounding countries, not so much Belarus and Russia, of course, are not going to be very useful here, but the ones on the West from Poland around to Moldova are incredibly strategic because they've got common borders with Ukraine and those borders are currently open. So there are refugees pouring in in one direction but there's opportunity for aid and relief to go in in the other direction. And then, of course, within wider Western Europe, most of the countries of Europe belong to ICMDA and they tend to have well-established national movements and uh, several of them are in a position to provide support, supplies, financial help and so on. So, so we're in a, a good position of course, it's, we're just a drop in the ocean. We're very small fry compared with the huge governments and multinational NGOs which are pouring in their efforts. But what we do have is a network of friendships, relationships, common bond in Christ and trust so that we can vouch for people of real integrity who can be trusted with resources and with, with contacts. And so at a time like this, these relationships really start to bear fruit. And we see the connections growing up between people who've become friends over many years through the ICMDA network. Well, it was always the case in these situations, Jim and Peter. These are rather dynamic, changing situations. I, I think you described it to me yesterday, Peter, as being a white-knuckle experience as you're going through this in terms of trying to work out ways of getting help, supplies, aid into the country. Jim, would you tell us, I know UMO, that you've been working hard with your contacts to provide uh, relief and help. What, the, what does that look like right now on the ground? Two days before the war started, the president of CMA Ukraine, we chatted and we helped encourage him and advise him on what steps he needed to take. And so the first step was trying to figure out what do they actually need. The second step was trying to figure out the supply chain. And then Peter and I were in touch and we through the connections of ICMDA in the neighboring countries, we're able to connect people to a contact in Poland, who then were able to get the supplies over to Lviv, which were then scattered throughout the whole country, mm. mainly Kiev and Kharkiv and Odessa. 
Peter, what would you have to add to that in terms of uh, even yesterday you said that in 12 hours things had really sort of come together significantly. Uh, what does that look like even now 12 hours or 18 hours later after we talked? Well, it's a rapidly evolving situation. We launched our appeal the day after the war started and people have been incredibly generous. We've raised £50,000, that's $65,000 in just 12 days and we know there's a lot more coming. And there was a moment when I was thinking, how are we going to sp spend this money that's that's come in? You know, it was almost like uh, Moses building the temple and the people are so generous that he has to restrain them in their generosity because there's enough. But actually, over the last 24, 36 hours or so, things have really come together. And as Jim has emphasized, the supply chain is absolutely crucial. And we, we have in a Western Ukraine city, the leader of CMA Ukraine with a big warehouse nearby. Uh, we've got two cities in Poland, each within three or four hours drive of that city and warehouse. So all we have to do is get resources into Poland. And we have a guy in each of those cities who's a logistics expert with trucks and containers who's used to getting things across borders. And so we just have to deliver it to them. Then they get it in. And then money is required, obviously, to help the whole process. But in terms of sourcing the materials, we had a desperate 24 hours, firstly, when the people we went to who would normally supply for missions and so on were already committed with their resources. But over the last 24 hours, we've found a number of suppliers who have a huge amount of uh, drugs, of uh, consumables, of medical supplies and equipment that's ready to mobilise in countries like Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, UK and so on. So the challenge that we face at the moment is procuring the right kind of resource, getting it to Poland, getting it across the border, and then within Ukraine, they've got a very good distribution network to get it virtually all over the country. So it doesn't sit long in any warehouse that's moving quickly. And the Ukraine government, I, I just heard today, anticipated this coming. You don't have 200,000 troops and tanks sitting outside your border for a month without thinking that you've got to plan for every eventuality. And so they thought very strategically about the future and they've made provision to have field hospitals and clinics in all sorts of unlikely places that are not going to draw the attention of, of the enemy. So there's, there's a network set up there. And I think this is a critical moment because we have a window of opportunity. We've all been watching the maps. We know the Russians have come over the eastern border from the north and up from the south from Crimea. We know that the Black Sea route is all closed. Odessa may fall in a few days, even by the time you've heard this broadcast, possibly. But the whole of the western side of the country and all the western borders are wide open and we have supply routes. And so it's really critical that we grasp this opportunity now and resource these folk within Ukraine with, with everything that they need. And, and our, our doctors there are not working in Christian hospitals. They're working in government hospitals and, and they have very good relationships with their, their own government. And so anything we can get in will benefit people. And although we don't have the resource that governments and big NGOs do have, we can get into places that they can't get into. 
Uh, I think the other big priority now that the international students have been more or less effectively evacuated is the refugees. At this moment, two million have poured across the border into neighboring countries. One and a half million of those have gone to Poland. I heard just a few days ago that there were no refugee camps in Poland wow. because all these folk had been taken into people's homes. And the Poles have been absolutely incredible in the love and compassion that they've shown to their, their near neighbors. But another challenge we have, therefore, is resourcing our brothers and sisters in these neighboring countries right. from Poland round to Romania and Moldova who are being overwhelmed by uh, large numbers of refugees and, and we can help and resource them. We might not be able to go there ourselves, but we can resource those who are there. And I think that's the beauty of ICMDA is that we are an international network of Christ believers all over the world who share the same aims and are brothers and sisters together and can work together. And it's a matter of each of us seeing what only we can do that others can't. And I think for the US, for Western Europe, what we do have is resources and money. What people in the neighboring countries have is lots of Christians and lots of homes and churches that can be mobilized. And we have this network within Ukraine. So if we can all work together and play to our respective strengths, then I think we can make a significant difference to a lot of people's lives. We had a family doctor contact us a couple of days ago. We sent him a small grant because in his church of 800 people, they had a dozen or so buses which were running people who had been displaced internally within the country to the border and to safety. They needed to increase their capacity to care for them. So actually what they needed was a microwave oven, some fridges, and the, the ability to produce large amounts of, of food. So we gave them the grant specifically for that. And that was all led through a doctor who was a member of that congregation. So I think it's identifying the, the specific needs where we can make a difference and responding to them in the most technology appropriate way and being guided very much by those on the ground who know what the needs are. Speaking of those on the ground, Jim or Peter, how many of the Christian Medical Association, if you will, members that were there before the, the invasion are still on the ground, do you think? Any idea about numbers of those who are representing ICMDA and the CMA in Ukraine right now? That would be difficult, but I, my answer to your question would be that all of them are still there because they're all doing their part as part of the network to distribute supplies or receive supplies. And they have a warehouse in Ukraine now. It's now their warehouse to house products and that's just filling up. So they have people that are driving the supplies in to these cities, Kyiv and Kharkiv. It's hard to know the number of people. I mean, everybody's doing their job. It's cross denominational lines. There are government hospitals, but everybody's working together. I've had the same impression. I don't know of a single Ukrainian doctor who's left the country, not, not one. Wow. Of course, there have been thousands of international students, including medical students, many Christians amongst them, who have been evacuated quite appropriately. That's exactly what should happen. But for the Ukrainians, we know a lot of women and children, elderly folk have 
across the borders, but the men are almost all going back and that most, the vast majority are going back willingly because they believe they have a duty to defend their country. And all of the Christian doctors I know, and Jim knows far many more than I do, they are serving in Ukraine at the moment. You know, that one chap we know in Kiev, who's a, an anesthetist, intensivist, his wife's a nurse, they work in the same department. They've been working in the hospital over the last 10 days or so. And there are occasions where they go to the bomb shelters or the, or the, the metro or to the basements. And then once the air raid stops, they're back again in their post. So they're making every effort to keep the country going. And of course, it's not just the casualties of war they're treating because people are still getting sick. Of there's course. COVID, there's of every course. other possible disease. And so it's not just providing resources for the wounded. It's actually keeping all the rest of healthcare going as well. And we know uh, the first grant we sent over for 10,000 euros, they spent that on drugs and equipment very quickly. But after that, they told us, look, there really is nothing more left in Ukraine. We have to source things from outside now, which is why we're looking at those uh, alternatives. But as as Jim's been saying, you know, we've got the supply lines in place now. We need to make the best of them. So do both of you feel pretty good, uh, Jim and Peter, about the ability as funds come in? I've heard you allude to that now a supply chain is there, that supplies will be able to be purchased and shipped fairly quickly. As long as Ukraine has parts that are free from Russian control, you'll be able to continue sending supplies in. Absolutely. The message is that the whole Western border is open in both directions. And we've got to grasp this opportunity, this window of opportunity that, that we have, because it may not stay open for long. Who, who knows what's going to happen over the next days and weeks? But if Russia tries to seal that border off, we'll be in a very different situation altogether. Jim? I was just going to add to what Peter said, that the, another part of the puzzle is providing uh, mental health care to people that need counseling. And through UMO, we are working to have a doctor from England who specializes in such care and PTSD and just helping the students work through. I mean, there's a huge question mark to their faith right now. You know, they prayed for God to protect them. And yes, he did protect them, but uh, he's allowed their schools to be destroyed. And so there's a lot of confusion about what's going on in the world as well as what their future is. I will say that the Semmelweis University in Budapest has opened its doors to students who might wanna study medicine, continue their studies in Hungary. So it's really quite amazing to see the world respond to this. Yes, and even if, or maybe when, some people would say when Ukraine falls and falls completely under Russian control, I would think that the help and the aid needed for the Ukrainian people has only just started. Would you not agree because of the refugee work that's going to be in all these countries, Peter, that you mentioned earlier? Well, we know this situation is not gonna end quickly. We hope and pray that it won't escalate beyond the borders of Ukraine. But even if it doesn't, it's likely that it will go on for some time because the Russians may have enough in the way of troops and artillery to take the country, but they certainly haven't got enough to occupy the country successfully 
when probably 90% of the population do not want them there. Remember, 80% of Ukrainians are Ukrainian, 20% are Russians, and as, as Jim says, half of those are Ukrainian in their allegiance. And so it's obviously a great strategic advantage to Russia, but you can't imagine them being able to hold it easily with a population who don't want them there and who are, are so uh, concerned to maintain their, their freedoms. So well, we've all been inspired by the President Zelensky. Yes. Uh, and you're dealing with a group of people that were willing eight years ago to stand up to the president at that time against high-powered rifles with shields of garbage can lids and pots and pans on their heads. So <laughs> they're resolute and they're gonna fight. So I say that, but also 50% of the Russian population in Russia, they're also against this, but they've passed, you can't mention war or invasion yes, I uh, heard that. on the internet. And if you do, it's 15 years in prison. So we really need to also be praying for the Russian people. You mentioned prayer, Jim, and I wanted to get to that as we come down the finish to the finish line here in this um, discussion. You've uh, put your time and your efforts and your emails into helping many organizations, including CMDA, get focused on prayer for North America and beyond. How can our listeners, Christians in healthcare and uh, others uh, who listen to this podcast, how can they specifically pray with what you both know about what's going on right now? How should they focus their prayers in this situation, Jim? Everyone's praying for peace. Everyone's praying for the hand of protection of God upon the nation of Ukraine. But I think, you know, we had 9-11, then we had COVID, and there were, there were blips in the prayer increases, number of people praying and seeking God. And now we have this. And it seems like we haven't gotten the message. And so we really need to be convicted of our sin in each of our individual nations. And, and then that leads to true repentance and then revival around the world. So I think that we really need that prayer of conviction that God will do something in us so that he can do something through us. I mean, everybody has a relative or knows somebody that has a relative that might be in Russia or in Ukraine, and they're just completely devastated by what's been going on. Peter, anything to add to that? I think just to realize, first of all, that uh, as Jim was saying, we are all sinners and all our nations have fallen. And in many ways, the, the West is a post Christian culture, perhaps even an end stage culture, when we look at the general turning away from the Lord. And we need to pray for repentance and revival, certainly. But I think also we need to remind ourselves that God is absolutely sovereign over the, all these processes, over the rise and fall of nations, the rise and fall of kingdoms and empires, and that the real story of history is that he is building his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And as Jesus said, the gospel is going to go to all the corners of the world, to every nation, to every people group. And all of these things are really just sideshows in the real 
drama of what God is doing, which is gathering his people and purifying his bride to prepare for the return of, of Christ, you know. And, and I think what we, see, we get a little picture of within ICMDA is, is seeing a preview of that great gathering before the throne of people drawn from every nation under heaven, worshipping the Lamb. And that's the direction we're going for. And so what does Peter say? He says, we should live holy lives and so speed the coming. And, mm-hmm. and that's the call to the church is that we we turn from idols, we turn towards God, we love him and obey him, and by our love for one another and our unity, we give witness to the truth of the gospel, which is man's only hope. And so we, we must not fear, we must not be uh, intimidated, we not, must not be concerned about this, because God is in control, and he's working his purposes out, even through a mess like we're seeing in Ukraine. And so Let's do what we can with what he's given us now to really make a big difference in this situation, knowing that he he will use it to his glory, ultimately. Can, can you remind our listeners, uh, Dr. Saunders, where they could go online to find out about this Ukrainian relief uh, uh, project? Well, if you just go to icmda.net, that'll take you to our homepage, and you'll see a banner there pointing to the appeal page, which brings updates of what we're doing, how we're using the money, and uh, there's also an opportunity to give. But but I think within, for US listeners, if you want to give in a tax-effective way, then you want to give through... Uh, we will be setting... Yeah, our listeners, should, we're setting up a, an account here at CMDA, and we would we will be channeling those funds directly to uh, the ICMDA uh, relief efforts uh, that Dr. Saunders has been talking about. Well, Dr. Peter Saunders and Dr. Jim Peepon, thank you for shining like stars in this universe uh, at such a time as this. Thank you. Thank you. Through the work of CMDA internationally, God's people are rising up and responding in incredible ways to help those brave men and women who are facing the evils of war. By the time you hear this podcast, who knows what could have transpired and changed in this daily evolving situation. Just like we experienced with COVID, each day is bringing new challenges. As you listen to our conversation, I hope that you felt God's call to continue to pray earnestly for the people of Ukraine. And I also hope that you are feeling God's call to put our compassion-filled prayers into action through generosity. As Peter just shared with us, CMDA USA is only one of really more than 90 international organizations that are seeking to equip and encourage Christian healthcare professionals. Through ICMDA, we are partners in a much larger movement of Christian healthcare professionals. You can learn more about ICMDA, as Peter mentioned, going to icmda.net. And you'll be amazed by the resources and by the activities of that organization around the globe. As this crisis continues to unfold in Ukraine and in the neighboring countries, this is our opportunity to help provide resources to international Christian healthcare professionals serving in these countries. I was so amazed to hear that there are no refugee camps and that people in the countries like Poland are taking these refugees into their own homes and treating them like family. 
They are not only serving as the hands and feet of Christ, but they are also serving as our hands. In addition to providing support for the Christian Medical Association of Ukraine, ICMDA is also supporting Christian healthcare professionals in those surrounding countries. This, as you might imagine, is a monumental task for those caring for the wounded, the displaced, and homeless refugees that are pouring right now into those countries. Will you consider, friend, sending a special gift to provide necessary medical resources to our brothers and sisters in Ukraine? You can visit cmda.org Ukraine and give your generous gift today as God's Holy Spirit prompts you. As you heard, ICMDA has already raised a generous amount to help with medical supplies, food, clothing, and shelter. However, in the days ahead, the needs will be so much greater for Christian healthcare professionals caring for the sick and wounded in Ukraine and those who make it across the border into other countries. I'm thrilled that we have that trusted partner in ICMDA to help ensure that all support raised will be reaching those in the greatest need. It's also an incredible blessing to know the financial help that we can give will deliver excellent medical care combined with the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. If you've already given a gift, even if that's to another organization to help Ukraine, let me just say thank you for your generosity. And if you'd like to make a gift to this urgent need, that link again here is cmda.org Ukraine. I want to urge you, please continue to be in constant prayer for everyone that's affected by this conflict. And thank you for considering a special gift today. As we learn together to trust in the sovereignty of God through this situation, my prayer is that we will heed Paul's admonition from Romans 12, verse 21. Don't be overcome by evil, but believer, overcome evil with good. I have confidence that our mighty, mighty God can and will use our gifts from CMDA to overcome evil with his goodness, his righteousness. And as you give, friend, you will help bring the hope and healing of Christ to our world right now in crisis. That's what matters to us at CMDA, and CMDA matters. Until next week, be waiting with hope that El Roy, the God who sees, and El Shaddai, God Almighty, he is on his throne. Thanks for listening today. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.